G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz, and this is episode number 36 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thanks very much for joining in. Uh, episode 36 already has come around really, really quickly. Um, it's been amazing, and I've been so grateful to get such Tremendous feedback and support, and um, it's interesting. I had a conversation with a guy this afternoon that called me from Horsham, uh, 68, and he's been listening in. He's had some mental health challenges himself. He's just retired from uh, work, uh, and he's been a bit lost, and he's been listening to the podcast, and he's found hearing real-life experience from others uh, to be so helpful for him. Uh, A lot of the guests on here have been quite a bit younger, but uh, primarily it's been really supportive for him to be able to hear um, other guys going through similar things or stories of other guys going through similar things. So lovely to be able to get uh, get feedback like that. Now, a uh, young man that I have uh, coming on this afternoon is a gentleman by the name of Lachlan Delahunty. Now, Delahunty is a very common uh, name in Western Victoria in the Wimmera region and uh, the sporting arena primarily. Uh, Delahunty's are a uh, a very, um, uh, very well-known family. Uh, goes back a long way with me. Hugh Delahunty was a guy that coached me in basketball when I was a young fellow, and Hugh was very, very kind and supportive to me, and I'll never forget that. And um, the young man coming on, a uh, nephew or cousin of his, um, Lockie, um, is heading down the same path. Just a really genuine young guy. Now, Lockie plays football for Subiaco in Western Australia in the WAFL. Played uh, in the VFL for Essendon uh, previous to that. One thing I want to talk to Lockie about is, you know, his, his journey, but also getting so close to being drafted. He's one of the best footballers outside the AFL in the country. Uh, and, you know, I want to talk to him about how that sort of uh, has affected him by not actually being able to go that extra step. I think Lockie's very grounded. That might have knocked him around too much, but uh, we'll soon... Uh, hear from him about uh, his experience there. So really grateful uh, for, for Lockie to be able to, to share that and also some other things around mental health and what he's actually observed with players that he's played with. Also a suicide of a, a former teammate uh, a few years back, a well-known former teammate. We're going to talk about that and some other things that he's, uh, he's experienced. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation and get a lot out of it. Just want to make special mention to Green Nutritionals who supply uh, green superfoods uh, and really potent uh, well-being products to be able to support uh, our physical and mental health. So I really encourage you to check them out, greennutritionals.com.au and also B Primal that uh, help us out. They provide um, really great uh, minimalist footwear, running footwear and so forth, um, really good for our physiology and our foot strike, making sure that we uh, hit the ground a little bit more naturally. So check them out too if you can, letterbprimal.com.au. Without further ado, we'll get Lockie on and get the conversation going. Appreciate you being here, guys. Lachlan Delahunty, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Aaron, thanks for having me. No worries, mate. I was just uh, saying I'm on one side of the country uh, on the Queensland coast and you're on the other side of the country in Western Australia on the coast, so we're a fair way Yeah, we away. couldn't be further apart if we tried, I don't think. That's it, mate. But uh, We're so lucky to be able to, to do this. You're, you're two hours behind. Uh, it's uh, yeah, sort of dark here, but I suppose it's still uh, pretty light over there, mate. So, all good. You uh, you got the night of footy training tonight, they tell me. And I think no, you're... I don't. I'm actually um, sitting in the car park early. Um, right. Our tri- final sort of captain's run tonight before we fly out tomorrow. So, you've got a, a game this weekend. Uh, you're playing for the state, is that right, Western Australia? 
Yep, so playing for the Black Swans. So we go across now the, the state formalities. We play South Australia every year. So yep. um, it's been a great you know, rivalry there. So now the Vicks don't participate, it's, it's, it's huge. So we're looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get a W the on game, Saturday. The game's in Adelaide at uh, Adelaide Oval or...? That's it. We're the curtain raiser to the Port Adelaide West Bulldogs game. Oh, so. mate. Unbelievable. So we'll have a turnout there for, for the last quarter and no doubt hear some colourful language from some local supporters that are very passionate about South Australia. Port That's Adelaide last time anyway. My word, That's mate. It. Oh, good. It's <laughs> such a great experience, mate. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're going to uh, sure you're gonna have a good time over there. So, mate, uh, really grateful for you, for you joining in. Now, you're from my neck of the woods in, in country Victoria, uh, Horsham Matal area, the Wimra. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've sort of had a long association with your family for years. It's a very well-known family in the, in the, uh, in the area. And, uh, mate, you know, I'd like you to really talk us through your upbringing, sort of what that was like in Matara and, and sort of out the other end. Yeah, definitely. Looking back on it, Matawa, in terms of quality of life and, and be able to enjoy you know, the things as a kid, I wouldn't have asked for anything more than to grow up there. And I hope when I have children, they get to enjoy the same sort of things that we did, just the freedom to to, to live you know, a, a pretty simple life, but um, so much enjoyment. So I was obviously brought into a, a sporting community. Um, being football went at the forefront of that. It's sort of, it's one of those things. You, know, you speak to anyone from the country. It's you play footy in the in the winter and, and cricket in the summer and just rotate year on year and you know, basketball during during the off season as well. So it's it's so important and it was so important for me. And I was so fortunate to meet so many good people through sport. Um, obviously, all my family I was pretty much coached by dad or my uncle throughout my my juniors with football, but. Playing footy there for Minute Matoa in the early years was, um, you know, we, we didn't win too many games, but it wasn't about that. It was more about, you know, the experience of, of enjoying sport and competitive sport, and it's just so important for, for a small town. And that was, yeah. I was so lucky just to have so many good people around me. So yeah. I was there for uh, right up until um, pretty well 16, playing you know, sport, living in Matoa in school until I got an opportunity to go to um, Ballarat College for a sports scholarship, actually, and it was at that time I did uh, certainly didn't want to leave. Uh, I remember the day clearly, actually. Mum had come to school, which she never did, and Dame got uh, requested over the PA to meet the principal at the front, which is never a good sign, particularly being a Delaney. It's always in, in trouble for something. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was there with bags packed, ready to go to Ballarat, so kicking and screaming to go down there just to, to I suppose, explore the opportunity that was there. and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was fortunate to be able to get an opportunity to go there to, to school and play football, which, you know, gave me the opportunities I probably have today. So, mate, you would have had some close friends uh, there and you obviously weren't too keen to uh, to leave them and sort of go to a new environment where you didn't know a lot of people? Yeah, well, that's it. It's a you know, small town, small community. You're embedded and, and uh, it's, it's, it was heartbreaking to leave um, Matoa. You know, we got... Five or six close mates. You don't need you don't need a lot of them, but they're, they're your best mates, and mm. it's a, a big thing to, to leave. Um, and you're not just leaving your mates. You're not just leaving your family. It's the town, your footy club. Mm. You know, Ballarat's only a couple of hours down the road, but when you're 15, 16, it's it feels like forever away. So yeah. that was probably early days. My biggest struggle. I remember being tremendously homesick, especially the first 10, 12 weeks of, of being away from home. Um, I really, really struggled. But um, lucky to have the support of obviously mum and dad to, to get me through that period and, and it sort of set me up. 
you wouldn't have recognised it then, but you probably went through some depressive moments and so forth. And um, you know, being a 16-year-old and sort of a little bit vulnerable, it would have been probably quite uh, quite lonely there of a night time and, uh, you know, just sort of thinking about wanting to be home. Yeah, I think multiple times throughout the last, what's probably been a good part of 14 years since I've, I've been back home, I think there's been many. I think when you're most vulnerable is when you're away and away from family and I've been away for, for, for all that time. So I certainly think um, you know, the toughest times are always reflecting on missing home and you know, I'm so fortunate. You know, outside of COVID, I can get back as frequently as I do. I'm back there every every few months to rekindle with the family and yeah. reconnect with the small country town that means so much to me. So yeah. I certainly think probably the most lonely I've been um, always in reflection on on home and how much I miss it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, um, you know, you've, you've probably spent half your, nearly nearly half your life now away from home, so it's starting to become, uh, um, you know, common to be away from, from the community, but uh, it sounds like you've got a really nice balance and that's really important to be able to you know, keep connected there and also be able to pursue your uh, your dream of playing football at a higher level, um, you know, externally, whether that be on the other side of the country or, or in Melbourne or or. Uh, no, in a in a in a in a league where it can actually give you some challenges, so you can actually grow as an individual and improve your your uh, capabilities, I guess. Yeah, like I said, Matawa will always be home, no matter what I do or wherever I'm living. Um, that will always be be the baseline for me. So I'm, I'm so fortunate to have that right, and, and I think you know, particularly people from from small country towns always you know, will have that as home. I don't find people that have been born and raised in the city certainly don't have that sort of connection. So I think we're so fortunate to have that Absolutely. to be able to you know as a reference point yeah. is, is so helpful. Agree, mate. So so tell us what happened after after school. You sort of went more into uh, football at a higher level, pretty much. Uh, did you go to the VFL straight away, or did you have some? Uh, yeah, so I had two years. Yeah, two years at Tac Cup level. Um, it's the pathway, obviously, to, to get to, to the ultimate goal of playing AFL football. So two years in the system there in Ballarat. And wasn't fortunate enough to, to take it any further in terms of playing AFL or, or get it drafted into a club, but um, pursued football at um, what was then Bendigo Bombers, which formed into Essendon VFL Club. Mm. So I was there for probably a good part of four years, trying to... to Firstly, crack into the senior football, which I did in, in my second year, but beyond that, try to crack into the Essendon team mm. or at least try to find myself on a list at some point in time. So balancing the university and trying to play foot, you know, BFL. Football definitely had its challenges. So certainly, you know, the commitment that you need to, to make it to that next level and, and trying to balance a social life and a university life at the same time. Yeah, yeah definitely had its challenges, but um, I'll look back on that period very fondly and certainly help me grow as a person and, and yeah, there's some of my better years when I look back and how much I enjoyed it all, so I certainly wouldn't take any any of that back. Um, and then from there, I couldn't couldn't really break break the mould or break the fit into to the, the next step of playing consistent senior football or, you know, that next step to get to play AFL. So I was um, then went across to Frankston, a standalone VFL team that certainly had more opportunity for me to get a game, but the team certainly wasn't as strong. But managed, managed to play... You know, you know, quite uh, consistently every game for, for a two-year period with um, some minor success in the AFL. Um, so we had, had two premierships there in 2010 and 11 in the background as well. So that little stint in Melbourne was, was really important and that was from pretty well 18 to 23. 
So in that time, played at three clubs, two of which were VFL. You know, in terms of me and, and my football, that was was certainly the foundation. That's yeah, I, I look back on yeah pretty fondly. Yeah, mate. Uh, interesting yeah, to be able to yeah sort of go from a small town of a thousand people then into Ballarat and then into Melbourne and uh, you know certainly go through that pathway. And obviously Perth um, popped up uh, not long after that. Did you get an invite to go over to WA? Is that how it worked out? Yeah, there's a couple of clubs that were was I was speaking with. Um, in Perth that were, were mildly interested in, in maybe having a look at, at what WA football would be like for me but um, it's sort of a bit of a pipe dream I was still at university but then once I concluded that I hadn't found a job and I thought it was probably a good opportunity to, to explore options and um, yeah, I just took the, the opportunity to come and have a look at a couple of WA clubs not understanding a lot about WA football or what it looked like or you know the culture of Western Australian football, but um, you know the week that I spent here was it didn't take me long to realise that there's certainly a huge opportunity here, both with football and work. And um, obviously, I didn't have to pack my bags and head as far away as possible from Matara as I could. But mm-hmm. it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. And on the back of that, I'm so thankful I did because I've been you know, so fortunate to have the success at Subiaco that I've had. So you've you've been with the one club the whole time you've been there. Yep, this is my eighth year at Subiaco. So how many is that? That's seven or eight years now or more? Yeah, so this would be uh, this would be year yeah, 2014, so, so year eight, seven. Eighth year, sorry, right, seven or eighth yep. year. Okay, yeah, cool. Sorry, mate, uh, I, I missed that one. Um, yeah, look, that's that's pretty impressive and, you know, you've had quite a bit of success there and I've also, I also believe you, you won the, the league best in Ferris, which is a pretty uh, amazing thing to be able to sort of achieve, so... Yeah, I was very fortunate. That was 2019. We, we, we won the premiership that year, and um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to take over the Sandover Medal. But it was, it was an interesting time because we just just lost our um, our coach that recruited me to Subiaco. So 2019 was a little bit of an unsettled year because he just he just got recruited to Port Adelaide to take over the midfield there and new coach, new players. Um, it was going to be interesting to see how the 2019 season would play out, but we're so fortunate. I think we only dropped one game for the year and we continued on and, and had you know, the ultimate success of, of winning you know, the fourth premiership of, mm. of that stint. Mm. Did you have, after that success, did you have a bit of a hangover the following year or did you find that your own form was pretty consistent? It was tough because that was 2019. So last year was was the iconic COVID year, which mm. we just didn't get any consistency. Um, we had a lot of injuries. Yeah, I don't think it was a hangover. I think it was just so much we couldn't get the rhythm um, that we probably needed. Being a short season, it only takes one, one or two bad, bad performances to be exposed, and mm. that's what happened. We saw the back end of a very short season very quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It was an interesting one, mate. And- you know, we want to like you know a, a big a big part of this uh, this this podcast and our conversation is going to be about mental health and you know I sort of want to want to sort of go back um, to your experience you know from coming from a young fella all through that sort of pathway to where to you, where you've got to now obviously we've touched on a you know a pretty significant moment in your career with a a passing of a of a, of a former teammate but. Um, what have you experienced with regards to mental health challenges around clubs and, and, and other guys that you've observed? Maybe you may not have been aware what they'd actually been going through, but is there any uh, any particular 
um, you know, moments and, and stages throughout your career we've actually sort of been uh, confronted by, by, by things that may have been a little bit challenging? Yeah, certainly the passing of a close friend um, and a super footballer was a, was a huge, huge challenge for us um, as a group but also individually. I think a footy club's a, an interesting place because you've got a lot of men um, with big personalities that probably don't open up as enough as, uh, as much as we should. Mm. Um, you know, we, we run with the mantra that you leave your problems at the door when you get to the club and you're just meant to get on with it. But I think the psyche's changed in recent years where it needed to. It needed to shift the focus to to be more supportive of the people that we spend a lot of time with. Mm. You know, I'm at the footy club five days a week. I probably spend more time with some of my teammates than I do my partner. Yeah. So it's, it's important to create a, a community or be a, a platform where people can talk and open up. And, and I think we definitely do that as a club now. And it's probably taken really the back of a pretty significant event where one of our teammates took his own life. And mm. that, that really rocked the club. For you know, It still echoes throughout the club now. Um, really unexpected and it's not until that happens that I suppose you take a step back mm. and start to think a bit more about you know, how people are feeling or how are we feeling, trying to stay in tune and mm. um, yeah, no one expects it and, and that was really challenging. It was the start of a footy season and um, a lot of people battled, not just myself, but I, I, I know it was really tough for a, a lot of our senior guys, our coach in particular, mm. um, player managers, the whole club it really takes takes a big hit and takes a big impact on a club to, to turn that around and um, you know I suppose part of what, what we did that year and we did find a way to have success was attributed to, to his passing to make sure that we could you know try to I suppose in, in his spirits um, do what we could on, on, on and off the, the footy field mm, yeah mate um, yeah, look, it's it's really interesting. Um, uh, this this young fellow was an indigenous and um, yeah played with Fremantle and um, you know was quite successful as a footballer. But looking back at his past, he spent some time incarcerated and um, you know had a bit of a rocky upbringing, um, and that's obviously had an impact on on his life. Um, you know, football was obviously a big part of it, but. One thing that I'm exposed to up here, and it's a lot of um, uh, a lot of what we don't understand, you know, being in, in rural communities and regional communities, is what actually happens with Indigenous young men and intergenerational trauma. You know, they're they're taking on a lot from from their 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 parents and the parents before them and so forth, and it goes right back and. Um, you know, we, we see behaviour externally, but really what's happening internally is, is not, um, you know, in our consciousness primarily. We don't sort of appreciate and understand what's actually gone on, um, you know, in, in past generations and so forth. And, um, you know, this, this particular young guy had a, had a, lot, of, uh, a lot of trauma, um, you know, uh, sort of occur in his, uh, in his upbringing and his youth and that led him to be incarcerated and obviously he's came out of that and, uh, and turned his life around through putting his energy into football uh, and a lot of that um, uh, energy maybe sort of hit a point where he hit some speed bumps and um, a lot of that trauma came back and... Uh, yeah, it's it's really really sad and unfortunate that uh, that these situations happen. Um, yeah, I'm doing what I can up here at the moment to work with 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 guys uh, similar ages that uh, have come from 
similar backgrounds to be able to help them break the cycle and it's not easy you know it's really not easy when they've had so many um, people around them that have gone through you know um, yeah, various um, mental health challenges and, and suicides and so forth and, and you know uh, alcohol and drug misuse and, and that type of thing and it can really be, be really difficult for young men mate so yeah, geez, you know, I, I really feel for what you went through and what uh, a lot of your teammates and, and colleagues, uh, particularly in your club, but also in the wider football community, um, experienced through that time. Um, how did it affect you personally? It took you a while to, to sort of come through it. Yeah, initially, um, it really rocks not only me, but everyone close to him. I suppose we're, we were really fortunate to spend probably four of his better years in, in terms of, I think, um, it would be unfair to say he's probably had his happiness when he was playing footy, footy and playing footy with us. Um, it was you know, that period that I knew him. It was, was just, you know, such an enjoyable time and I look back on it very fondly. Um, and I, I think that's why footy clubs can be such a strong place for people to, to escape and, and to shine because I just know how happy and, and you know, that, that was his stage and, and his outlet where he was his, his best self. So mm. that was you know, special to be a part of and it probably would be right up there with probably the greatest football I've ever played with as well. So, mm. it's, um, yeah, it, it took its time. It took its toll. It really took us the full, you know, the full 12 months. The season was often spending reflection. Um, but... I suppose as a club and as a mate, you try to you know, remember the positives and, and, and the, the beautiful person that he is and, and was and, and how he gave so much to us as a club and to me as a person, um, something I look back yeah. really fond, fondly and, and, and feel so grateful to be a part of his life. Yeah, appreciate that, mate. Really, really well said. Um, how has the club changed since uh, that event? Has there been some more interventions coming? Has there been people... That have been trained around the club to be able to um, help guys out, to be able to give them uh, pre-abilitive strategies, to be able to you know identify their their, their emotions and self-awareness and so forth uh, as well. I my, one of my real passions, I you know, is the club and the workforce to be able to do a little bit more to be able to um, build resilience practices into into guys' lives so they can actually um, you know have. A, more of a pre-abilitive approach uh, so they can actually do things that can keep them uh, physically and mentally well? Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the club, you know, certainly at the, at the time, was doing a lot right. Um, and, and one thing I'm so proud of at Subiaco, they're really proactive about mental health and always, you know, since I've got there, have been. Mm. We've probably taken it in recent years to another level. Um, we're doing a lot of work with a group called Outside the Locker Room, which really, yeah, we, we had a session on Monday, um, and we do so every month about how to deal with um, being able to communicate potentially with people who, who may be suffering from depression or anxiety. Because, mm. again, it's I think we're in the demographic where it's probably the, the hardest place for people to open up to because you've got so many big personalities that put their walls so high, and, and it's really difficult for for people to open up about their emotions or if they're going through hardships in their life. So mm. it's all about trying to bring down those barriers and, and communicate to each other in you know an environment where everyone feels safe. So that's been really, really helpful um, you know, because 
everyone, you know, like we say, you rock up to the football club. You can't always just leave your, your problems at the door. We're not, and, and I think that mantra has changed to, to encourage people to, to open up when they're at the club and use that as a, a facility and, and also a, a platform where they can can get help if, if needed. And, and you know, they've got an extended group of 60 blokes there to support them as well. Yeah, great, mate. That's, uh, that's so good to hear. And, you know, so much has changed over the last two, five, ten years, you know, going back uh, to your dad's days playing and, and, and obviously others, uh, it, was, it was a totally different experience. And, um, you know, I've unfortunately observed um, a lot of um, uh, mental health challenges over the years within clubs and, and people that have, uh, you know, taken their lives and so forth. And, um yeah, you know, I guess this is this is a really um, this is a platform to be able to help raise that awareness and, and just help people feel you know, comfortable about talking about uh, what it is that's going on in their lives and um, and to be able to unpack it and understand that a lot of the trauma that's gone on you know has, has, has basically you know been passed on it's really not a lot uh, not a lot of their fault um, you know much much of the time you know uh, we we sort of get uh, really distracted as young men when we come into school, into the workplace, and we sort of come out the other end of it and sort of <laughs> aren't too sure about ourselves and we're sort of, you know, trying to make our way, but really uh, we lack a lot of self-awareness. So, you know, the club environment um, and the workplace environment's got, um, you know, I believe a tremendous role to play and an opportunity to be able to help, you know, guide um, people because they spend so much time of their lives there and, you um, you know, you sort of said you're spending, you know, five days a week at the footy club and you're sort of still a semi-professional footballer and, um, you know, even a, a young guy playing country football, they're spending a lot of hours at the uh, at the club, you know, be it playing, training, um, just being around the place. So if you can provide, um, you know, positive uh, reinforcement, positive um, communication pathways and so forth, that's going to help them inside and outside of the uh, the club environment, and also you know inside and outside of work too. It's it's such an important thing in this modern time that uh, you know we're able to do this because we're so distracted and stimulated by the, the challenges of modern life. I guess. Yeah, completely agree, and particularly in rural and obviously country towns, where sport plays such a big role in in trying to you know, encourage the right. Behaviours and habits in, in exercise, etc. You know, footy for me growing up was was everything was life. So that is such an important platform, such a, an important avenue, I think, to, to raise these issues because you know that that for me was far more important than what I was learning at school. So mm. yeah, there's a lot of kids out there that, that you know, would feel the same way. That, that you know, particularly in country towns where footy is or sport is everything, really gels the community together. So it is a, a definitely a platform and a, a group that can be utilised to promote you know, this awareness. Mm. So outside of sport, mate, what are you doing to keep yourself, uh, you know, well? Um, what what other interests have you got? Uh, what are you doing work wise, and how are you finding a balance between the demands of your your football career and, and everything else? Yeah, so I've got a business over here um, in property. Um, so I finished my degree when I was in Melbourne before I came over to Perth, and um, you know just made my way through different jobs until I've started my own, own business over here. So, like everything, that's it's got its challenges as well. But it's it's I think the modern day, no one's got any time. So ch- trying to juggle football with you know running now a team of ten, it becomes. Yeah, it becomes difficult at times, but um, I'm certainly loving it and so thankful for for what I've got. 
but it's um, yeah, the key is just trying to get the balance right. And uh, sometimes we can, yeah, we don't always get that right. We're trying to yeah, the work-life balance and, and throw football in there and, and trying to get a trip back in the tower every every second month. It's certainly, um, yeah, we get busy pretty quick. Tricky. So, mate, when you're finding yourself a bit out of whack, um, what do you do? Do you have a couple of people in your life that you can call and, and uh, communicate with quite openly? Yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've got a really close family. Um that are really open with each other, particularly, you know, mum and dad and sister who's in the medical profession and a brother I'm really tight with as well. So they're sort of my backbone. Any issues that I've faced, you know, particularly leaving home over the last 15 years, um, they've really been, I'm so lucky to have that that network to to rely on because I know some people certainly don't have that and, I certainly would have been lost at times and, and you know, potentially could have spiralled in certain directions if I didn't have that mm. that backbone to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, you, you are, and, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting ratio. It's, you know, probably 75% uh, don't have that, uh, more, more like probably 80% now sort of that don't actually have that, uh, that um, I suppose, close-knit network from family that they can sort of, you know, share openly and honestly. That's why it's so important to have outlets um, within friends or, or support um, mechanisms, uh, you know, that are, that are available these days to be able to help people if they do find themselves feeling a little bit, um, uh, you know, anxious or depressed or feeling, um, you know, quite uh, isolated. Um, it's really important to be able to speak up once you can get... Uh, lift the lid on on what's going on um you know that can really help you move forward and um yeah certainly you you, you've been fortunate to have those support networks whereas a lot don't and you know i really encourage anyone listening there uh to be able to out out, listening to this podcast to be able to reach out um to people um or you know relevant government support networks or non-government support networks that can help uh you know change things for you because it's best to uh to speak to someone that's got some lived experience or some advice uh, that they can actually, you know, give you some guidance on if you are sort of feeling some challenges. So really appreciate uh, those words there, Lockie. That's uh, it's really, really, um, really, really nice to hear with regards to, you know, the, the family network, but uh, the family network's, you know, not there for a lot out there, mate. So so how's things going to be looking for you now, mate? You've got a big game this weekend and, and how's Subiaco um, shaping up for the rest of the season? Yeah, look, it's yeah, it is a big game on the weekend. Yeah, we we now we play SA. We've we lost the two thousand and nineteen game, so that was over in Perth. So we've got uh, you know one to get back up on them. So we've beaten them. Now I've played in. I think it might be my fifth, but I've beaten. Fortunate enough to beat South Australia and the Vicks um, on, on previous occasions. But um, this is yeah, they don't take it lightly. The state game when you pull on the state jumper, mm. um, it's not something we we take lightly. So we'll be. Rearing to go come Saturday, but Subiaco, it's it's been interesting. Last year, we, we went from you know, six grand finals in six years to miss finals, so that was a bit of, bit of a devastating, I suppose, outcome from last year. But um, we're we're back to where we want to be. We're back on top of the ladder this year. Probably don't have uh, arguably the the players that we've had in previous years, but I think it's a good opportunity to, um, you know, really get more out of the younger group coming through. We've been heavily reliant on a core set of individuals over the, you know, sort of the past 
five to seven years since I've been there, but now that they've sort of gone off in different different directions, it's it's given kids opportunities to step up, and mm. thus far they, they are. So I don't think it's going to be you know as easy as we've potentially had it in the past. Not that there's any easy season to out in the football field, but certainly this year it's going to be far more challenging, which inevitably could be more rewarding if we can you know, finish it off the way we've started. How um how is it over there? Do you have any XAFL players running around? Uh, in the in the state team and also in within your own team that might uh, might be um, uh, relevant to any of the listeners out there that uh, that may uh, have some interest in AFL circles. Yeah, there's always there's a handful of ex-AFL talent getting around in in any given team. But this year they had with the state team they've left a lot of them out. I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional. Mm. Um, whether you get more from someone who's who's trying to expire and that inspired to be on a list i'm not sure but um you know in our side yeah you know, we've got angus little the next hawthorne player but, um harry marsh ex sydney every team's got three to five players but mm. often the um typically the most talented ones are those who've probably missed the opportunity unfortunately i don't know mm. if that's the problem with the um yeah, you know, recruiting from Waffle Footy, but typically, you know, the better players in the league aren't those who've been on the list um, or, or or end up on the list. They're, they've done it the hard way and, and and strong performers year on year for for a long period. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You're making the most of your opportunities. Um, did it did it really did it affect you? Uh, I think I might have touched on it before. But did it affect you like not not making it? Like not sort of. I know you got close. Uh, there was some talk over the last few years about you possibly being a mature age recruit. Did that sort of like yep. lift your hopes a bit? Look, it's always as a kid, you know, like I keep referring to when you grow up, you know, all you dream about is playing AFL football, mm. especially when sport's such a big part of the community. It's That's all you want to do and you, all you want to do is make your family and, and your community proud. So I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, there's part of me that's disappointed. Mm. I, I think that would be, you know, unfair to say anything otherwise but mm. it's never got me you know to the point of, of of really being too upset or impacted my life to that level mm. um obviously i would have jumped at an opportunity to do so but the opportunity it wasn't like i didn't have a lack of opportunity there's 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 no doubt about that i was given every opportunity i could have and it just didn't come together for me so um you know that's something that i'll live with forever that i didn't quite make the the final step but um yeah certainly not one that that i'll live with you know in a, in a negative light that's for sure yeah you've been able to achieve so much you know and um yeah that that's got to be worth um worth it a lot uh you know to be to be able to sort of be satisfied with that but it's always that little bit uh within you that sort of thinks well what if if i did uh did get an opportunity mate and i've seen lots of guys over the years that were so close that never made it and uh and they sort of fell right back you know they didn't start playing or keep playing at a high level they sort of went back playing bush football and then they got on the booze too much and um you know sort of didn't make the most of their potential or their opportunities but mate you're a man that's actually done that so i really congratulate you and you should be proud of yourself for um what you've been able to achieve and um you know sort of coming from that 16 year old uh where you could have went the other way and said no i'm not going to actually say well yeah i'm gonna have a crack at this and sort of move through it that takes a lot of courage and, and look what's look at what's you know come over it's been you know such a beautiful um thing for you to be able to achieve what you've been able to achieve yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. There's, there's, there's a lot of people with far more talent than I have that have probably 
haven't given themselves the best opportunity and that's one thing I can hold me out on is that I never I didn't it's probably the support of um, you know, family support support from, from dad and local people um, you know Scott Bachelor being one of those in Matawa that keeps pushing you to t- try to play the best footy you can and that's all I ever did was play at the best level I could and that was VFL into into Waffle so with that you know that's, that's led me down this path where I think there's so many people out there that have got far far more talent but probably don't give themselves that chance and can often take the easy road which um, you know that road is either country footy for sometimes financial incentives, or it can be a lower level to be lower level to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. But mm. I can certainly sleep well, yeah, when I do retire one day, knowing that I gave it every chance I had, and it just wasn't for me. Absolutely, mate, and, and certainly um, to be able to make the most of every opportunity you've got in that particular moment, um, you know, is so important because. Our egos will take us to, you know, another place. You know, if I do well here, I'm going to get there. But if you can just really enjoy what you're doing in the moment and, and get the most out of that, uh, that that just helps your performance uh, no end because your your mind isn't elsewhere. You're actually like really engaged with what you're doing. And um, you know, a batch hitting a speedball uh, or hitting a punching bag uh, would have taught you a lot because that actually keeps your mind focused on on the job. Uh, and a, a lot of guys with talent, uh, their, their mind isn't on the job because it's possibly else, elsewhere. And it's not just on the sporting field, it's also uh, in the workplace. So you know, to be able to, um, yeah, just make the most of the opportunity in the moment, I think is such a, an important thing. And, and just be grateful for, for the opportunities that you are given because there's so many people that, uh, that don't get the, um, the chances that we, uh, we experience in everyday life, whether that be in sport, work or, or whatever. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Being present, and, and I try to always uh, come back to that because it's easy to get caught up in either the past or try to plan too far ahead. But then, if you miss the moment, then what are we doing it all this for, mate? I, I could never make a hundred because I'd always make made a hundred before I'd made ten. <laughs> but playing cricket, so uh, I've, yeah, I've, I never made one. So it might have been my fault as well. Yeah, I've got a really fast mind, so that's why it's important for me to do meditation and do things that actually help keep me grounded. Otherwise, you know, I'd, I'd just be all over the place. So, uh, yeah, you know, that that meditation can come through moving the body or you know sitting and, and that type of thing. But yeah, it's so important in in modern society to be able to do these things that help keep us. Uh, in check and grounded and that'll help improve our mental health um, no end I guess yeah absolutely no, I think that's that's where I, if I get out of balance or out of routine that's, that's where I try to bring myself back to yeah coming back to centre mate so Lockie I, I really appreciate your time mate I'm sure that there's uh, lots of people back home listening into this and people uh, in WA which will uh, get a lot about I uh, saw a lot from our conversation and um um, you know, just watch uh, watch this space with you and uh, what happens on the on the weekend coming, and also in general with the season. And there's lots more good things for you to come, I reckon, mate. So keep doing what you're doing and inspiring others, and uh, you know, make the most of your opportunities because um, there's plenty more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Really enjoyed our chat today. Really appreciate it. No worries, buddy. Guys, thanks very much for joining in, listening to Lockie and I. Um, touch on some pretty significant things there. Um, with regards to that uh, that young fella um, that he played with that, that took his life and, and that was you know obviously pretty challenging for Lockie and, and everyone around him but um, 
if you are listening to this and you uh, you or someone you know is struggling, um, certainly reach out um, and, and speak about it and that will hopefully help you to be able to move through uh, what, what it is that you've got going on. You know, as I said, this particular young fella um, you know, went through a lot and, and there's obviously um, a point that he got to where he couldn't see a way out, but uh, certainly, um, you know, it's a matter of actually diving into it if uh, you do get to that stage and just seeing if you can get the help that you need to be able to move forward. Um, so I really appreciate um, you listening in if you are struggling or if you're not, if you know someone that is to be able to help them, uh, guide them and support them. So uh, like your feedback on, on this podcast, uh, if you'd like more similar to this would be great. Just email me at supportedoutbackmind.com.au. Um, my website is www.outbackmind.com.au if you want to check that out. There's some good things coming, um, some changes going on there and uh, some lots, uh, sorry, lots of great guys and, uh, and guys with tremendous stories to tell um, you know, coming onto this podcast as well from all sorts of backgrounds. So please share the podcast if you can with others and, and ask them to follow on uh, on iTunes or Spotify or the Podbean app. Um, yeah, we want to try and get uh, get more people um, engaged throughout the country to share their stories and, and, and knowledge, whether that be from a sporting background or whatever, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got a great story to tell. So this is a platform for that. Appreciate you being here, guys. Thanks for listening in, and we'll talk to you very soon with another podcast. Cheers.